So, uh, first of all, look at your announcements. Pastor Tim, you know, uh, refocus. Remember his message last week, refocus? Well, when we refocus, we really get our eyes tuned in. And <laughs> I know, it makes you dizzy, doesn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, that's the whole point, refocusing, because what, ha- what happens sometimes, we, things become obscure in our vision. Um, and our walk, and our purpose. You know, that's just real stuff. Uh, I, I had a, such a, man, I, I want to share this with you. Um, Thursday, uh, I was doing inspections for Shannon Fire. Uh, a guy had called out sick, and these things were scheduled. They had to be done, so I made the adjustment, and I, I was doing it. So I had three different places to go and do inspections on and te- different testing. And between uh, the second and third one, I had about an hour and a half window, and it was in the same town. And so I went to IHOP, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I thought I hadn't eaten yet, and I'm going to go to IHOP and have something to eat. And as I go in, it's packed. There's some people waiting, and the guy said, are you alone? I said, yes, sir. And it happened to be an Afro-American guy with some dreadlocks in the back and, you know, otherwise dressed nice. You know. uh, and he says, uh, okay, he said, uh, I've got you okay back here? And I went back, and he said, it was a table right against the front windows. And he said, do you want to sit looking out? And I said, oh, no, I always like my back to the wall because I want to see everything that's going on. He said, oh, so nobody's going to get you. I said, mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> and uh, so but as he was just getting the, you know, having me being seated and everything else, he looked at me, and he said, uh, well, he just went like this. He said, oh, my heart. I said, what's going on with your heart? Uh, and he was about six foot one, uh, you know, nicely built and everything. And he said, uh, well, uh, he said, I just had some issues with my heart. I said, how old are you? And he said, I'm in the, my 30s. And I said, well, what issues are you having with your heart? And he said, well, I've, I have high blood pressure, and I stopped taking my medicine because the medicine was just affecting me in certain ways, so I stopped taking it. He said, but honestly, he said, I had a drug problem in the times past, and he said, uh, and I said, well, listen, I said, what's your name? He said, Reggie, and I'm not always this just outgoing or an extrovert. You guys know me well enough. Uh, I'm a thinker. I'm a listener. I'm a really good listener, and when, you know, I like to be uh, calculated in my thoughts and my words and my, and my actions, but there's something that just kind of like bubbling. And we've been talking, you know, I, I was thinking, and not at that moment in IHOP, but I've been thinking since post-IHOP and thinking about today's message and everything else and what the Lord gave Pastor Tim to feed us with last week. And uh, I was just, I was thinking about, well, let me kick on here to Reggie. I said, what's your name? He said, Reggie. I said, Reggie, do you know that Jesus Christ loves you and has a plan for your life? Uh, because of momentum, that's what I was going to say. All those weeks of the messages through Pastor Tim, Pastor Carol, myself, on momentum, that was like faith calling the things that are not because it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of momentum at times if you judge by the natural. But we're not talking about natural things. We are calling the things that are not as though they are. In Ecclesiastes, we know that uh, in Isaiah 11, by the way, it's where Jesus said, and regarding him, that these six, seven spirits of God would be upon him, about, upon the root of, of Jesse. 
talking about the Christ, the Messiah. And it said the result of the Holy Spirit and his different uh, influences on the Christ and manifestations of the anointing in the Christ, that he would not judge by what he saw or not judge by what he heard. And then it's a coin phrase by uh, particularly an apostle of faith, Smith Wigglesworth. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm only moved by what I believe. And that reality was a result of Isaiah 11. Because Smith delved and he, he, Smith continued to refocus every year of his life and recommit for a deeper walk with God. And that's where you and I are at right now. It doesn't matter what the congregation down the street is, you know, what they're feeding on or whatever else. But we need to, to enjoy and take to heart. And like Pastor Tim had said, make that heart commitment and resolution. A resolution is a resolve. Amen? Remember he had talked about that, how about a lot of the resolutions people make, it's about 8% results. Because people usually go about a month, maybe three months, maximum half a year, unless it's really a heartfelt commitment. And it's not like, you know, a lot of people go on diets. Diets don't work. Lifestyle changes work. Amen? Amen. And it can affect your diet, but it's a, it's a decision. It's a, a choice and resolve that you and I make as individuals. So I said to this Reggie, I said, Reggie, Jeremiah 29.11 says, uh, and God's saying it to the nation of Israel. I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And he said, well, I was right. And he looked at me, and he, he, he just, he was seating people. Like he was the host. And he, he was just like frozen there, kind of. And he just said, and look at me, just staring at me. And he said, I was raised Islamic. And he said, and I got on drugs and everything else. And he said, somebody shared Christ with me. And I gave my life to the Lord. And he said, but I didn't stay the course. He said, I, I didn't continue with it. I fell back. And I said, well, Lord, the Lord to you, Reggie, is that he has a plan and a fu- future. For, uh, sorry. His plans for you and thoughts for you are of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. I said, God's not finished with you yet. And I said, he's got a bright future for you. And I said, and we're, I said, the Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I said, and these are God's defibrillators. I'm going to lay hands on you today and God's power is going to touch you and heal you. And I mean, this is, you know, folks all around. And I didn't do that right at that moment. But before I left, I said, Reggie, can we pray? And he said, can I have the name of your church? I got family over in New Jersey. Da-da-da. I got some in Burlington, Cherry Hill, this, that, and the other thing. I said, well, sure. Amen. But that's not, that wasn't the purpose. But this spontaneity of the Holy Ghost and the charge that we've been receiving about and the message that God's been saying. See, it's not Ray and Carol or Tim. It's Holy Ghost getting a hold of our attention to equip and to minister the fresh bread of life. Listen, it doesn't matter how many times you hear a message on a particular subject. And sometimes it is repetitive in certain congregations. Brother Hagin preached Mark 11, 23 and 24, 22 through 24, whatever, uh, so often. And his wife was asked, I mean, he preached it everywhere, conferences, campaigns, 
You know, whenever he went out ministering, sat over and over and over again about prayer and Jesus, what Jesus said. And his wife, Aretha, was asked, don't you ever get tired of hearing him preach on Mark 11? And she said, absolutely not. She said, every time I hear it, God gives me something else on it. Hallelujah. Because attitude will determine your altitude. Our attitude will determine the altitude. Hallelujah. Now, what is attitude in a, in a plane? Does anybody know what that is? Attitude is the position of the nose of that plane. If your attitude's down, guess what happens? Crash. If your attitude's right and planed off, you're going to soar. Praise God. <laughs> if you pull the attitude of that plane up, you're going up. <laughs> so, Reggie, uh, I, I just had, I, it's just been happening. More and more. And people have been sharing that they're having more opportunities to share the Lord. Let this be a year of harvest for you. That your sickle's going into the harvest of souls. Whether it be family members. Listen, sometimes the way our family gets saved is when we go after someone else's folk. That's right. That's Give and you shall receive. Amen? Care about other people's family members. The people walking around you belong to somebody. The people walking around us, they're not ambiguous. It's just because they're not blood necessarily directly to us. They will be blood in Christ. Hallelujah. But look at this. Hallelujah. Commitment. Say commitment. Commitment to the Lord first and commitment to your, local, to your family. Commitment to, commitment to the local church. So anyway, please read this. Holy Ghost forms are coming up. There's prayer. But I liked what uh, Pastor Tim put on here, the favorable new year to you. Each new year usually comes with an awakening desire to turn a leaf we call New Year's resolution. How about this year we turn a spiritual leaf? Let's make this year the best by feeling good about what we are personally, uh, about where we are personally pleasing God with our lives, both relationally and serving. Amen? Praise God. So anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited because it is harvest time. Hallelujah. And yeah, glory to God. Now, uh, today's message is called A Year of Transition. And I'm building it upon what the Lord gave Pastor Tim to bring to us last week. Hallelujah. And Pastor Tim, that was rich. Thank you for that message. Transition. I want to give you the definition of transition as we approach, as we and let it let it really sink in. Give consideration to it. I encourage you, as disciples, there was uh, something. There is something called a, a cone of learning, or the cone of learning. And may I share that with you? I'm not going to rush here, but I, I I'm excited, so I want to contain myself a little bit. <laughs> I really am. I'm excited. Because faith isn't moved by what it sees. Faith is moved by what it believes. Amen. I'm going to say I should have it in here. Because I refer to it. Where are you? Uh-oh. It wasn't here. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not there. Okay, well, praise God. Anyway, 
The cone of learning is the percentage rates of retention. If you just hear something being spoken, it was like a 25% retention rate. It may have been less. I had it in my phone. If you hear something and write it down, it begins to metastasize your ability to retain the knowledge. If you hear, write it down. If you hear and see and write it down, it, be, it goes up to like 90%. Oh, no. If you hear and see it and write it down, it goes to like 70, 70%. But if you hear it, see it, write it, and say it, it goes up to like a 90% retention rate of the things that you're hearing, listening to. Hence, the wisdom of God is meditate on my word day and night. Why? Because you're saying it, you're reading it, you're saying it, and you're hearing it. So his word is richly being built into your heart in all wisdom. Amen? So transition means this. Movement, passage, or change from one position, one state, one stage, one subject, one concept, to another. Change. So I'm going to read it again. Transition, and that's what we're in. Transition is always, it always costs something. But I want to say this. Sometimes you feel that if you take a portion of your increase of your finances, and you, all of a sudden by taking, let's say, 10% of your income and saying, you know, I'm going to put this into my future and invest it, you're taking it out of your, out of your immediate ability to spend it. Amen. And then you're putting it into your future. So there's a little bit of a sacrifice here. Why, well, if I do that, I, I'm not going to enjoy some of these pleasures, but I'm going to have a future source of income. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a, there's a cost involved in ensuring your future. And even there, it's in Christ anyway. Are you with me? Yes. I'm going to preach truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. So transition is a movement of a passage or change from one position to another, the essence of that. So where you and I are and coming out of 2016, like I said before, at the end of 2017, if you don't want anything to change, don't do anything. If we don't want our situations or circumstances to change, we don't need to do anything. Just let the, let the hits keep coming. Let the Keep on beating. Amen? Amen? Amen. But if we want at the end of 2017 to have a greater fruitfulness, a greater life, then we have to invest. We have to make changes. Amen? And that transition is, well, let me say it this way. There was a a, a great teacher in the the Word movement that he, he wrote a book, Good, the Enemy of Great. Some people are real content with just fair. If there was a scale of poor, fair, good, very good, and excellent, which one would you want? Some people are content with fair. And some people have been trained that fair is good enough. Now, fair is better than poor. Amen? But good is better than fair. Very good is better than good. Great is better than very good. 
excellent is better than that. Amen? Amen? So, what do you want your Christian experience to be? Poor, fair, good, very good, or excellent? I want it to be excellent. Amen? So, there's the course. Now, guess what? We're going to set our course. Hallelujah. Here, we're going to chart it out. What do we got to do before we set sail? Make sure we got all the equipment to handle some adverse seas. Amen? There's going to be storms that could blow up out of nowhere. A squall, white squall. Glory to God. And we better know how to navigate through the white squall to come out the other side of that squall. Now, Jesus said something about that in, in Matthew 12. He said, they who hear my sayings and do them are like a man who builds his house on a rock or sets his ship and knows how to navigate through a squall. And great storm came and beat against that house, and it stood right through the storm. Hallelujah. On the other side. There was a place in Texas, a whole town. It was very interesting. And it, I saw it in the paper, and I, I actually had one, our video department put it up there a couple of years ago. But when Katrina came through, it actually absolutely leveled this area in Texas, particularly as well. And then, uh, or it was one of the hurricanes. I thought, I thought it, could, it may have been Katrina, which would have been 2005. That whole city had to be rebuilt, and it was. And so it was probably a hurricane before Katrina, because I hit up more over in the panhandle. But I remember looking at this, at this picture on Facebook. Another hurricane came in and decimated the same rebuilt city. Decimated it. One house was standing. One house stood through the storm and looked untouched. It looked untouched. The whole town decimated, except this one house. What was different about that one house? They built their house for hurricane proof. They hurricane proofed their home. It cost more money. It took more time, more effort, more investment. But they stood. Guess, amen. Now I was kind of like lonely. <laughs> and I'm not being, I'm not trying to be coy here, but that picture, that image, I thought, dear God, that's what Jesus talked about. He who hears my sayings and does not do them is like a man who builds his house on sand, a poor foundation. And the storms of life come, and the, the suffering of that home is huge. Amen? That's a, that's a comparison. So now, refocus and recommit. Pastor Tim preached this last week. And in order to refocus and recommit, we have to be willing to change. Change to go from fair to good. You have to have a resolve. If you're at a fair level in your experience, or maybe you were further in that, but all of a sudden you feel like you've been pushed back to fair. Almost some, sometimes you feel like you're pushed back to, man, my experience is poor at the moment. Amen? That's not your calling. That is not your place inheritance in Christ. He wants us to be excellent. Hallelujah. Well, how do you know that? Is there scripture and verse for that? Yes, there is. Let's go. I'm glad you asked. Go to Romans chapter 12 for a minute. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) 
Romans chapter 12, verse 1, read it, let, follow along with me. I beseech you, I hope you have your Bibles. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, by what vehicle? The mercies of God. That you, by your own choice, your own personal choice, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Listen, a lot of times we read the word and say, and we may even say it, but we need to ponder on the commitment. Where is it? Of, a, of executing the scripture. Commitment to the Lord God Almighty. Amen? That you, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. For I have to make a commitment to do that and then do it. It's not just a, it's a resolve with action, not just a mental assent. I'm making a commitment to the Lord God Almighty who, and Jesus who shed his blood for me. I'm making a commitment. Amen? To what, do what, Pastor? To, or to do what, Ray? I'm Ray first. To do what, Ray? Present my body a living sacrifice to him. In what condition? Holy, acceptable to God. Well, it sure ain't my holiness. Amen. Amen. Through that brand new, new birth that you and I should celebrate every day. Should celebrate it every day. But for the grace of God, I be on a highway to hell with my pedal to the metal. But for the grace of God, I could be a slave in the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. But for the grace of God, I could be in Mormonism. In some, or I could be in a Satanist church. They call them churches now. And it's recognized. Satanism is a recognized governmental religion. Governmental recognized religion. Amen. But for the grace of God. Hallelujah. Pervert to convert. On the way to heaven. Hallelujah. Called from the womb to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. That was part of his plan. Wasn't mine. Amen. Mine was hair down to here, you know, playing rock and roll the rest, all my whole life. Praise God. Anyway, well, I'm glad that one didn't come to pass, quite honestly. Amen. <laughs> there were a lot of landmines in that road. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's look at this. That you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And one translation says, your rational worship. It's only rational that I do this because I've been born again. My actions need to line up with my reality. My reality is expressed through my actions and my words. A lot of people, they're operating, Christians, they're operating at a fair, a fair experience, a fair equation. Well, I'm not going to hell, praise God. 
You know, it grieves my heart when I hear Christians say, well, you know, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, is that your status now? We all sinned and needed a Savior. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, what Romans said. Paul said to Roman church, amen? But the good news is, I am not an, a sinner, an old sinner, just saved by grace. No, I was a sinner and good at it. I was a sinner and I was saved by grace to become a saint. I didn't earn it, didn't deserve it. You didn't either. But guess what? You a saint in him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Now look at this. First chapter two, or 12, verse 2. And the instruction of the scripture here is, and do not be conformed to this world. The world, listen, by default, if we don't do something to become more like Christ, the world by default will keep us prisoner to its influence and system. Just by default. You're, you're familiar, we've said this uh, quote, and I forget the gentleman's name. For some reason, it always passes, slips in my mind. All that is necessary for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. All that's necessary for evil to prevail in our lives is for born-again Christians to do nothing as disciples. What do I need to do on a daily basis? Thank God that I'm saved. Hallelujah. Born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank Him for His Word. Thank Him that I am a son now, and I'm a saint, no longer a sinner. I'm not a prisoner to sin anymore. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean I won't. If I make choices to sin, I'm going to sin. But thank God we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who's willing and ready, and ready, willing, and able to forgive us from all unrighteousness and cleanse us from our sin. Hallelujah. So Paul says, hey, don't, you, don't manipulate grace and don't use grace as get out of jail free card. Like monopoly. Don't use grace, God's grace that way. Paul said, should we continue in sin so grace can abound? May it never be. That's not the point of grace. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, glory. But look here. Remember? Poor, fair, good, very good, and excellent. There you go. Do not be conformed to this world, but be being, is the Greek, continually transformed, metamorphosed, by the renewing of your mind. Say, by the renewing of my mind. Guys, Sunday alone doesn't get the job done. It's daily. Renewing our minds daily. That we might prove, <laughs> glory to God, what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, there's a good will of God, there's an acceptable will of God, and there's a perfect will of God. You're looking at it right there? Yeah. There's a good will, there's an acceptable will, 
and there's a perfect will. And I want to say, disconnect acceptable as being in first place. Let good be first place in the category here or the pecking order. Let acceptable be second place and let the perfect be third place. Not third place in value. Third place in being the highest value here or the greatest increase, greatest result. You, you, you with me? So now let's say this. Poor and fair, if you read in the New Testament, it says there are works that you and I do, and our works are going to be judged either as go- precious jewels, gold and silver, or as wood, hay, and stubble. So our actions and words, the wood, hay, and stubble can be down here in the poor and the fair area. But let's say the good, acceptable, and perfect is good, very good, and excellent. Are you all with me here? What kind of fruit do you want in your life? What kind of fruit do we want? What kind of accolade do you want to hear when you get to heaven? Well done, good and faithful servant. There's no better words that you can hear in heaven. He's not going to say for prophesying, speaking in tongues, diverse tongues and interpretation, for moving in the word of knowledge, for raising the dead, all this other stuff. He just said, well done, good and faithful servant. I knew you. How about the uh, foolish virgins in Matthew 25? They're all virgins, all ten. You know the story. They're all virgins. Five are looking and prepared for his coming. Five are not. The five who were prepared had trimmed their lamps when the bridegroom came, and they went into the marriage feast. The other one said, give us some of your oil. And they said, no, we have enough oil to get in, to get us there. Amen? You with me? What happened to the other ones? They had to go purchase oil. They, somehow they went and got oil, but they came to the marriage feast, knocked on the door, and the Lord said, leave this place. I never knew you. I never knew you. Now, this is a very important area to the church of the Lord Jesus. You have to understand something. Virgins are always equated to purity. So, out of these ten virgins that the Lord's talking about are saints. They're people that have been born again. Five are wise and five are foolish. Have you ever met a, a foolish Christian in your life? Don't, you don't have to answer that. Not in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. Not a good news. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, come on. Hallelujah. The foolish are not looking for his coming or expecting of it. This is a common saying and through people of faith. Live your life like he's coming today. A plan for a hundred years. That's pretty safe that's a pretty safe call, isn't it? Ain't a whole lot of folk that go past a hundred. Live your life like Jesus is coming today, and guess what? We'll make a lot of tweaks. If we, if we begin to live our life that way, we're going to abstain from a lot of carnal things. 
will begin to be more managing, greater stewards of what's entrusted to us. And that's the goal here. So the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I submit this to you. As Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 and in several of the Gospels where the sower sows the word and the word is seed planted into the ground, amen, and it brings forth a yield, they who hear the word and do it. They who hear the word and do it bring forth a fruitful yield 30, 60, 100 fold. Now connect that with Romans 12 too here. The good will of God. 30 fold return. Most banks right now give you 2%, 3% on your money. 30-fold return ain't bad. Amen? Acceptable will of God, 60-fold return. Looking a whole lot better already. 100-fold return, the perfect will of God. Honestly, we really live well beneath what God has desires for us. But the way we get it is there's no, there's no slot machine with heaven. There's no dice to be rolled. It's faith and it's love. It's through intimacy, guys. When Jesus said to the foolish virgins, go away, I never knew you, it literally means I, we were never intimate. He knew who they were, but we were never intimate. The ones who are looking for his coming are seeking his face. They have a prayer life. They have a worship life. They have a word life. Amen. And they are bringing forth 30, 60, 100 fold. They're fruitful. Well, glory to God. Anyway, that's not bad. Amen. Uh, Pastor Tim used the verse, Proverbs 15, 19. And are we able to get some of uh, these scriptures shot up there? Josh, do you know how to work the, uh, the Bible program? All right, I need your cooperation here, bud. Put Proverbs 15, 19 up there. Proverbs 15, verse 19. Okay, buddy. I'm not in a rush because we got... Remember Pastor Tim shared this last week on refocus and recommit? He put this verse up there. The way of the lazy is like a hedge of thorns. It pricks, lacerates, and entangles him. But the way of the upright or the way of life is smooth and open like a highway. When Pastor Tim sh shared that last week with this whole thing of Refocus. Now, keep, keep in mind, leave that verse up there, Josh. And if you can, put the New King James Version on there. That's good. That's amplified, right? Can you go to the New King James? Do you know how? That a boy. I should say, that a man. <laughs> that a man. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> the way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. As I, I don't know if you guys notice, but I'm sh sharing this with you, not to put a feather in my cap, but to show you that I believe in the cone of learning. Whether Tim's ministering, 
Carol, anybody, I have a notebook. I'm jotting down scriptures. I'm listening. I put the title down, the date, and different things. I do it. Not because I'm in ministry, because I got a little bit of light here. That if I do, the more involved I am in being a student of the Word of God and desiring knowledge and wisdom and understanding, the more effort I put into it, the more I'm going to get out of it. And I penned this down, and as I was doing it, I thought, oh, my Lord Jesus. That is so true in life, period. But the way of the upright is a highway. And when I saw that, I, I realized that all of my words and actions, be, what my words and actions become to those who watch my life and look at my life, it becomes a highway for them to travel on. So that my words and actions, should, which are life and light in Christ, amen, if I'm if I'm in the Lord and I'm exuding his wisdom, his knowledge, his kindness, the fruit of the Spirit. Hey, you need, hey guys, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, that's life. That's light. When you're being kind to someone, that's light and life coming out of us. You all here? Yeah. When you're patient with somebody... <laughs> that's light and life coming out. Because what is it? It's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is in the Word, right? In Him was life, John 1, 14. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. I'm sorry, that's not 14. John 1, I'm going to go there for a minute. Because you he, remember, I, I tell you, I am excited about being the light of the world. Hallelujah. <laughs> One of his lights. Amen. Uh, it was verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So in Christ, the word is life, and the life was the light of men. In verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Isn't that, wouldn't it be really awesome if that report was given about you? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 4. And the word became flesh. We beheld his glory. Now, here's the thing that happens with you and I, and I'm pushing it a little bit here, so give me a little bit of room. We're the flesh being made the Word. He is the Word made flesh, and He dwelt among us, perfect, without sinless. We who had sinned, born again, made a new creation, are now the previous flesh becoming the Word in example, in word and deed. And the only way you and I can become a greater expression of Christ is by having our minds renewed with the Word. What's that do? It convinces us. That what we're, what we're reading, what we're believing, what we're experiencing, who we're experiencing is real and it's true and our lives begin to line up and exhibit the same thing. Amen. So, uh, the thought behind being communicated here is the upright Christian's life is a road for people to travel on. By that I mean by their observation of Christ's influence in our life through our words and actions. They can jump on board. 
all of a sudden somebody's going to say to you, you know what, what do you have? Well, better than what I have is who I have. And I'd love to share Jesus with you. Listen, I'm telling you what, whether they make fun of you, if, if people aren't making fun of you somewhere, your, your light's not bright enough. Everywhere Paul had, he had revival or riot. And everywhere you and I go, we should have, we should have be a blessing to some, but we're going to be a fragrance of death to others. Guess what? You and I are called in the Scripture to diffuse the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ in every place. For some, it's going to be them. They're going to cash in on it and say, I want what you have. I want Jesus, and it's going to be unto life. But for some, that fragrance you and I exude by sharing Christ, sharing the love of God, letting the fruit of the Spirit through, flow through us, they're going to say, I don't want that. And by their own default, they're judging themselves and condemning themselves for eternity. But that's not my job to decide. My job is to be a light on everything that's in the shadows. If the roaches run, whatever. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's not just roaches in the room. There are souls that need to be saved. There are souls that want to be saved. They're looking for an answer and solution. And we are God's answer for them by sharing the love of God and what he's done for us. Amen. Glory. That's a good word. <laughs> if you don't say it, I'm going to. <laughs> the thought being communicated here is the upright Christian's life is a road for people to travel on. I'm going to say it again. Amen. That they observe Christ's influence in our life. Matthew 5, 14. We referred to this a few weeks back. He, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. God bless you. Father, we thank you for the anointing right now in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for the faith Vicki has exhibited by just coming to the house of God. She is the temple of the Lord. And, Father, we rebuke sickness and infirmity in her body in the name of Jesus Christ. And we command it to leave in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for your healing virtue and power flowing through her body. In Christ's name. Amen. Hallelujah. That was a little different. She didn't ask for prayer. But it just crossed my mind that, you know, sometimes even when you're in the workplace, you hear people hacking, just go up and say, can I pray for you? In the name of Jesus Christ, boom, I command sickness to leave your body. I pray, I thank God for filling you right now with his presence and his power. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus? I mean, you can go for the whole goal, but at least get them healed. And get the process moving. Well, does God heal sinners? You bet you he does. Hallelujah. Um, okay. You are the light of the world. We are a... My, Josh, I need you to flow with me, buddy. Matthew 5, 14. boy. You are the... Atta man. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me just say this. You may be having a real bad day. You may not feel like sharing Christ. You may not want to be at work. You may have some relational problems going on, and you're just ticked. You know, life is not feeling good for you at this point in time, at this moment. You have to make a change. You're going to have that all day long, or you can change it by faith. 
you're the light of the world, city set on a hill, cannot be hidden. Now, my light, now, what I thought about with this guy, Reggie, at that IHOP place, it was so spontaneous because I, my, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm just saying, my faith is connecting with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this house and in the church globally, especially nationally. What he wants to do right now, he's going to, he wants us to be the light that we, that we've kept under a peck measure. He wants us to burn brighter. He wants us to go from good to acceptable. You know, he wants us to go from poor or fair to at least good, good light. Not fair light, not poor light, good light. Hallelujah. 2017, we're going to exude some good light. Hallelujah. And we're moving, we're moving on up. Not to the Jeffersons, we're moving on up to very good and excellent. Very good light. Excellent light. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you are afraid to say that, you need to get converted. Not saved, converted. They can be one and the same or they can be two different experiences. Amen. We didn't choose him. He chose you and he chose us. Amen. The picture of the thought intended is an, under, an understanding of our personal responsibility to God and society to be the light of Jesus Christ in all of our words and actions. Look at it. The picture of the thought intended that Jesus in Jesus' words here is, comes and it, it, it contains an understanding of our personal responsibility, say my personal responsibility, my personal responsibility. To, God to God and society, and society. To, be to be the light of Jesus Christ in all my words and in all my actions. You feel that a little bit? Hallelujah. <laughs> responsibility defined the state or fact of being responsible answerable or accountable for something within one's power, control, or management. Man, this is awesome. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. This is so good. The men is, but this is. Responsibility defined. The state or fact of being responsible, of being answerable, of being accountable for something with one's power, one's control, and one's management. Wow. (laughs) Carol and I were just talking to somebody about so many people, they think the Old Testament's not necessary. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the word. I came to fulfill it. And there's a lot of prophecy still from the Old Testament. It's yet to be accomplished and fulfilled. So it's not done away with. Genesis, God told Adam and Eve, guys. And this was for all mankind. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish. 
subdue and have dominion in the earth. Not over another human being, but over everything I've entrusted to your stewardship. Fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. Now, connect that with this definition of responsibility. The state or fact of being responsible. So, a good question right there. Am I, I need to ask myself a question, if I want to go through a transitional year, I have to be honest enough with myself and see what I am, and I have to be able to look and pen down what I'm not. I need to face what I'm not. I need to face what I am, but I also need to face what I am not. Not in the critical sense, but so I can make a judgment. So that I can say, you know what? I got to get better here. Amen. How they, do you really want to be different at the end of 2017? Listen, we love, we love everyone here. We love the 5,000 strong here. <laughs> Amen. We want everybody to be at least good, acceptable, and perfect will of God category. Some Christians, no matter what you preach, no matter how much they hear it, their resolve is to stay in the poor and fair bondage. But they still deserve love. They still deserve the encouragement. Jesus said, the poor will always be with you. Well, maybe that's not just financial. Maybe there's some folk that their resolve is, I'm just a dirty old sinner. I don't deserve nothing, but I'm saved. And the Bible says, at least they'll get to heaven, as it were, by fire. But what a, what a sad way to go to heaven. Come on, guys. Amen. Listen. <laughs> the Lord, the Bible actually says this. That our life in the Lord is, should be at a, at a place and level that we make Jews Jealous. What's one of the first ways you can impress a Jew? On your success. But it's not just success. The success result of wisdom, stewardship, planning, execution, all those different things. They admire that. They don't care if you're a Gentile or not. They admire that. I'll tell you what, you talk to successful, you want successful people in, you know, around you and in your life? Exude it. Like begets like. Hallelujah. Well, glory. I'm around successful people. I'm looking at a whole crowd of successful people today. Amen. Glory to God. I prophesy it, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. You're a success spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, and monetarily. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know why I can say it too, boldly? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as a result of serving him, all the blessings that he's commanded upon Abraham are coming to me and to coming on y'all. Hallelujah. If, you, if you're connected to this house... He is the vine, we the branch, and we're going to bring forth much fruit. Hallelujah. Matthew 15. Let's go there real fast. And I, uh, 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 we got a little time yet. Matthew chapter 15. Is Joshua there? Okay, bud. 
And go to verse 14 in Matthew 15, Joshua. Chapter 25, I'm sorry, verse 14. Chapter 25, guys. Did I say 15? I don't know. Let me get these glasses cleaned. (laughs) Matthew 25, verse 14. Now look at Jesus' words here. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Next verse. Next verse. That would be 15, Josh. And to one he gave five talents. Or let me just put it this way. Literally here, a talent was the measure of currency. But let's say five gifts and graces. Five giftings. All right? Stretch it out of finances and say, what has God given you? What What gifts have God put in your life and abilities? He gave one five to another two and to another one to each according to his or her own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. He leaves the scene. He entrusts you and I with gifts, abilities, talents, even finances. Amen? And he expects us to do something with it. Then he who had received the five went and traded with them and made another five talents. Hallelujah. Amen? So let me... Hold it there, man, Josh. What talents and gifts have God given you to bless humanity? Your first and foremost is going to be a blessing immediately to your family unit. But a family within the family, in the house and family of God, what gifts and talents has God put in you to distribute and exude and to bless others with? Amen? Guy with five, he went, traded with them, or he employed them and made another five talents. Go ahead. Next verse, Josh. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. He employed the two talents, the gifts, graces, callings, and two more. He gained two more. Next verse. But he who had received one talent, or the person that had one gift, one ability, went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money in that case and context. He's using that example. But hid his gift, hid his talent, hid, hid his ability, or buried it. Shame on anyone who has gift, talent, and grace and doesn't use it for the kingdom. Amen. You don't, you're not, you know, where is this idea that we have to be paid to use our craft, gift, or ability. We're saved for crying out loud. We've been bought with a price. Ain't his blood enough? Yes. Hallelujah. Anyway, he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Next verse. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Go ahead. Look at the fruit of this. Next verse. So he who had received five talents, gifts, graces, abilities, came and brought five others, (laughs) saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. 
Hallelujah. Next verse. His Lord said to him, well done. Look, guys, it's in the book. And if you have the words of Jesus in red, it's in the red. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Hallelujah. Next verse. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Verse 22. I can't believe that machine moves that slow. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. I took what you entrusted to me and employed it. Next verse. Uh Uh-oh, watch this. One guy five, one guy two. Look at the response. His Lord says to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. (laughs) Hallelujah. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Hallelujah. Amen? Then there's this guy. Then he who had received the one talent, the one gift, the one ability, the one craft, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, a gathering where you have not scattered seed. Verse 25. And I was afraid. Perfect love does what? Say it, guys. Cast out all fear. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look. There you have what is yours. You gave me something, and I did nothing with it. What's his response? His Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. Interesting. Lazy servant. Leave a verse there. What was Proverbs 15:19a? The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns. You wicked and lazy servant. Your choices, your decisions are bringing you much pain. Amen. You knew that I reap where I have not sown. You knew I gather where I have not scattered seed. Next verse. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. Look back here. Even then they had interest. And at the, my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Even the 1% would have been better than nothing. Y'all here? Next verse. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten. Next verse. For to everyone who has more, whoever one who has, more will be given. And he, he or she will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant, into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, an argument here could be, well, the first two were saved and the third guy wasn't. 
I mean, how could you be saved and not want to use your craft, your gift, ability? Steward God's finances. See, the finances you have in coming through your hands, through the vocation you have, they're not yours. That money's not yours. It's not mine. It's God's. I mean, I'll, let's put things in perspective and make the, preach the word. All the money you and I have going through our hands, it's not ours, it's God's. What are we doing with it? Amen? He doesn't want us to be a three stooge with it. He wants us to be a prosperous king and ruler and prince with it. Amen? So the picture intended, well, let me come on down here. That's good preaching. Transition. All right, you can take that verse off. We're profitable servants. Say, I am am. a profitable servant. servant. Hallelujah. Say it again. I am, I I choose to be be a profitable servant servant for my Lord and Master. Do you know one of the first definitions of the word Lord is Master? It's not a democracy. He's God. He is Lord of all. He's king of a kingdom. He has citizens who happen to be sons and daughters. Some of them aren't, but he has citizens. And he's a good king. Amen? And we're his people. We are his royalty. So, 2016 and the previous years are behind us, guys. And guess what? We ain't dead yet. We have his life. We have his breath. And you know what? He gave us a mind. And he, gave, he wants you and I to so cherish the fact that we have as a resource the mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says you have the mind of Christ available. He doesn't say available, but that's what the inference is. You're, that mind of Christ is in the DNA of the seed you've been born of. But it has to be accessed. How do we access the mind of God? Through the Word and by praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. See, we can't, there's no shortcuts here. Larry Randolph, a prophet of God, said one time, he said, look, God is not a microwave, he's a crockpot. And he said, he's a farmer. And that's why he loves to use that analogy. Things have, take time and process. I'm going to rattle my wife a little bit. You know, if you've got a three-lane highway, I'm not, you know, I'm usually going about five miles. If it's 55, I'm hitting 60, and I lock it in on cruise. Because there's a safe zone. They usually give you a zero to nine miles, the stadies, and all those guys. Be careful. In the, you know, I'm talking about a main highway. I lock it in at 60, and I'm in the middle lane. And if somebody passes me on the right, well, they should have actually passed me on the left, according to the law. A passing lane is to the left. Are you all with me? But I lock it in, and Carol will get irritated. Pull over in the right lane. People are passing you on the right. You're going too slow. I said, I'm doing the limit, honey. But pull over in the right. And I said, well, I'm going to be making a left, so I'm going to stay in the middle. And then it's like she gets aggravated with me. <laughs> she doesn't like anybody passing her. <laughs> you know, I don't understand that. I'm not her judge. Amen. She drives me crazy. Let me drive. Mm-mm. No, not unless I, I'm, I'm too, too, too pooped to pop. I'm driving, honey. Why? Because I need my sanity. If you're driving, I'm going to go crazy. 
Hallelujah. Well, where's the fruit of the Spirit in that? Well, there's wisdom in that. I don't need to go crazy. Amen. I need to be at peace. Hallelujah. And if she's out of peace, oh, well, that's between her and the Lord. <laughs> the Bible says, in me, you have peace, Jesus said. <laughs> yeah, it's Ray and Carol. Different dynamics. I'm like, what about Romans 13? I don't get this. Obey the laws of the land. God put the government officials in there. God calls police ministers of righteousness. Come on! Yeah, read the book. Whether they're saved or not, he calls them ministers of righteousness. If there's corruption, that stinketh. But those who are trying to uphold the law and keep order in society, they're called of God. Read the book. I don't like that chapter. Well, rip it out then. Amen? All the word. They who love all the word. Anyway, praise God. Let me give you a definition of a paradigm shift as well. We're in a transitional year, and listen, guys, as for me, it's a done deal. I set my course. This is going to be a year of transition, getting back in full beta of everything God has called us to do, believing all that I can accomplish everything he desires me to accomplish, not what I want to in my head, but in my heart, amen, that we as a congregation, that we're going to accomplish great and do great exploits this year. Daniel said it. He prophesied it. Amen. They who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Praise God. Get that in your mouth and in your heart. Amen. We who are strong shall, uh, we who uh, know our God will be strong and do exploits this year. Hallelujah. Don't limit it to 2018. We don't know if that's going to show up. 2017 is in our, we're in it. Hallelujah. Take authority, rule and reign in it. A paradigm shift is this, and this is the definition. I love it. When I first read this some years back, I was hearing the word paradigm, blah, blah, blah. I really wanted to evaluate it and assess it accurately. So a paradigm shift, a change from one way of thinking to another. If I want a different result at the end of 2017, I have to make a change in my thinking. Daily. I set the course, but then daily I have, a resp- I have a responsibility to attend to my choice if I want a different result. Amen? Amen. Paradigm shift. Watch it now. It's a revolution. Hallelujah. A revolt. <laughs> a revolt of what? Listen, my personality, I love routine. I love routine. I flourish in routine, in my own opinion. Amen? But that's where, that's my safe haven. That's part of how God designed me. Routine, routine. I routinely pray in tongues. I routinely get in the Word. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. I routinely open up the door for my wife. Hallelujah. I routinely, since I've been married, called her my bride. I just like it. It's a safe place. It's a good place. But it can become mechanical and not have the power of love in it. Amen? But it's a revolution. So what's going on in this paradigm shift in Ray Shannon through this fresh dispensation, this fresh 
glory of God and the wisdom in it. This cloud of knowledge and wisdom and comprehension that God is blessing Good News Family Worship Center with. What's in it? A revolution, praise God, against the same old, same old. A revolution of poor and fair. No, we're going for good, perfect will of God. Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God this year. Amen. Hallelujah. That's kind of like a revolution. It's a transformation. This is the definition in the dictionary. A sort of metamorphosis. Say metamorphosis. Well, what, where, how does that figure in? How does that fit in? Romans 12, 2. But be being metamorphosed by the renewing of our minds. Don't stay in the cocoon. God wants a butterfly. Hallelujah. Say, I ain't staying in the cocoon. God's got a timetable and I'm going to fly and be pretty. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Here's the reality of a paradigm shift. It just doesn't happen. It's not just a sovereign downpour or download from God. It is driven by agents of change. So the fivefold offices God has set in his church to equip, to mature, and to release in the work of God, we are supposed to be agents of change to you. But we can only be an agent of change in you and through you as Christ ministers that through us, and you receive it. There's the determining factor of where you're going to end up at the 2017. If you hear the sayings of God being preached in the local church, hallelujah, and through other avenues, we're not saying, oh, don't listen to anybody else. We never said that in, in, in our ministry. Never. No. Feed yourself on the word of God. Be careful. I mean, be selective. Amen. This ministry is really good. Right here. Amen. Feed on the word of God. Be. You know, I love that army jingle. Be all that you can be in God's army. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I'm done. (laughs) I'm going to stop there. Praise God. (laughs) Stand here, if you would, please. Let's stand. Let's make this commitment. You know, Pastor Tim put this on here today. I love these announcements. They can be great bookmarkers for you, but please read them. There's important things on here. I want to say this. The messages that are preached here, they're online at gnfwc.com. You can, uh, you can access them uh, in the media area, follow the instructions, and you can listen because faith comes by hearing and hearing. Thank God for Joyce Myers. Thank God for all the different teachers that are out here. Thank God for Bethel and, you know, uh, outreach and for uh, Bill Johnson and the different ones. Thank God for all the great gifts in the body. I want to say something. Thank God for what he gives us to eat here. Thank God for it and fill yourself with it because God's got something special for you to download. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to pray over you and us. Father, we pray, we pray collectively that we want to embrace what you're saying, that we are going to refocus, that we're asking for your help. 
Holy Spirit, because you're the helper. Help us refocus, recommit, and allow this transition to occur in our life and our Christian experience this year. Catapult us, Lord, into the places and, Lord, use us to be fruitful, to multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. But, Lord, bring an absolute tangible evidence of our influence in others' lives. So, Lord, that we can see the fruitfulness. We can see the multiplication. We can experience the replenishing. And, Lord, that is done and accomplished through words and actions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, use us. We want to shine bright, brighter than we ever had before in our Christian experience. Let this be a year of transition and a paradigm shift in our lives to be more like Christ and less of us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.